Hello and welcome to an episode of TeacherNeedsDrinkPodcast.com. I'm Elvis, your host, and I'm here to let you know that this is a not-safe-for-work podcast. We are teachers at the end of the week and really the end of our ropes, and we'd like to be able to talk honestly and openly about our jobs without having to worry about losing them. So we'll be using, uh, what do we call it, pseudonyms throughout the podcast, hence the Elvis. The first thing I want to do is to thank one of our co-hosts that comes and joins today, Chris. If you would like to hear about Chris and his journey, check out his blog, chrishasautism.com. Now I'd like to thank all of our Patreon sponsors out there because I love them so much. Thank you, our patrons. Let's start with our newest, Miss Rachel, Torina, Exhaustive Band Director, Kim K, Noel R, Alan H, Kim K, Jessica A, SWFLEV owners, Amanda F, Ariana L, Jessica H, Physics Runner, Melissa V, Steph, Science Teach 17, Michael M, Kim C, William P, Sarah O, Aldrich T, La Scorpionita, Britt M, Tisha, Teresa H, Biker Teach, Caitlin M, Marsha M, Wiazza, Christina B, Miss Alabama, Kristen B, Huvian, Ashley M, Jason F, Amber H, Jeff S, Abby B, Ann T, Sarah B, Regina F, Anna L, Josie S, Sam B, Lucy P, Mary E, Jamie B, Hope H, Aaron D, Kristen W, Vanessa J, Mary C, Rylan L, Catherine S, RJR, Kristen C, Johanna H, Tony and Christina K, Irma A, Nimi, Melissa M, and Sarah N. Thank you guys so much for supporting supporting us. If you would like to support Teacher Needs a Drink to help spread the love or just to show how much you love us, join our Patreon. It's as little as 5 to $10 a month. You get access to all kinds of lost episodes, exclusive episodes, special bonus things, movie reviews. We have watch parties that we do in there. We have a special Facebook group where you can meet like-minded individuals. It is awesome. And you also get to listen in to some live podcast and recording like the one we have coming up this week on the 30th. It will be exciting. I'd like to thank our host, Lud Lamb Dramatics. So here's the deal. If you are a theater teacher or you know one in your building, or you're just the theater teacher, or you're just the teacher who got stuck doing the after school play, go to LudLambDramatics.com. They have the best theater educational resources you can imagine. They have posters and all kinds of great ways to explain concepts to your kids. I'm talking like basic ones, like how do you stand on stage? They are the place you go to. Ludlam Dramatics. You need to go check them out right now. Also, I'd like to pump. That's not the right word. I'd like to, you know, put out the message of Legendary Pretzels. They are an amazing company. They are run by a small single mom and she takes these chocolate rods and she dips them in chocolate and wraps them in caramel and covers them in candy and there's so many different kinds you can get. They are delicious and amazing and they're affordable. Go check out legendarypretzels.com. Treat yourself or get something custom and treat your friends. They are amazing. Use the code TEACHER at discount. All right, my friends, we are now in between Christmas and New Year's Eve. This is our last week to really breathe. I hope you guys are taking the time to do that. If you have any friends out there on the ledge, reach out and just talk to them. Say hi. Say you love them. Let people know they're not alone out there. And we love you. Here we go. Episode 116. Woo! So I don't want to start off by labeling you with whatever is wrong. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, here we go. Hey, guys. Welcome to Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host, and we have a full house this week. We are joined by... Joined by... <laughs> today, we are joined by Miss Rosie Rose. Hello, everyone, and Merry Holidays. Merry Holidays. Merry New Year. It's been a while. Also with us today, Count Chocolate. Greetings from the chocolate one. Hello, all. 
I can hear the sleepiness in your voice. You are not ready for a wake, even though it's lunchtime. And last but not least, Miss Bunny O'Hare. Hey, Elvis. Hey, folks. I'm glad you guys are here. It is the it is Potato Week. We are the week between Christmas and New Year's, and I am getting to max this out to my my best effects. I have no kids in my house. It's just Priscilla and I. I'm having like a nerdy board game afternoon with some of my guy friends this afternoon. I get to see you guys on Thursday. I, it's just like... My whole week is I'll pick this up tomorrow and then I'll probably do laundry on in a couple of days. And it's it's beautiful, like sexy Chinese underwear time. Let me rephrase that. Chinese food <laughs> and underwear. Sorry, what? I don't have Chinese underwear. I mean it could have been made is in China. Chinese underwear. No, the sizes are different, man. Oh man, everything's <laughs> smaller. Have you ever or like seen a cool shirt on like Instagram ad and you order it and like I'm a beefy guy, so I'll get like an XL or a double XL. And that double XL is not going to fit my nine-year-old daughter. Oh, no, no. I always order the largest size they have. So if it's like a 5X or a 6X, it's really a small. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's not going to work. I've pretty much, I if I go to any of those ads on Instagram, because it's always the Instagram ones, I'm like, that shirt looks so cool. I always try to find out where they're shipping from. And they're getting really good at hiding it. But mm-hmm. then I'll notice that if I say, okay, you know what? I don't want it now. But if I see like 10 other companies offering the exact same thing, it's coming over from somewhere in Asia. And it's going to be way, way, way too small for me. Or it's going to take like a year. Like I was like, hey, look, Snoop on a stoop. I want an elf on a shelf that looks like Snoop with a blunt. <laughs> but then I see it's 10 companies offering it. I'm like, nope, it's never going to arrive or it's going to be like not Snoop. It's going to be something else. I'm sorry. Is that a real thing? It yeah. is. Yeah, it it's is. Snoop oh on his stoop. It's a green elf on his shelf with Rosie Snoop's head, and he has a little blunt in his hand. That makes me so happy. <laughs> you see, you <laughs> want that, but then you get tricked by these like non-legitimate shops. Or it sends you like a really creepy Muppet that like is like an off-brand of what you think you're getting, kind of like when you go to Wish, and you're exactly. like, oh, I'm getting this really cool thing, but actually it's scary. So yeah, that's my week. <laughs> <laughs> But Rosie, how are you? It's been like a year. I know you're driving with your dog right um, now. But I am sitting in front you? of my parents' house, stealing their internet. Um, <laughs> I'm good. I'm very snotty because Mountain Cedar has decided to kick our asses in Texas today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm great. How are y'all? We're good. The trick to not getting Mountain Cedar to affect you is just not go outside. <laughs> Never. Yeah, that's the yeah. kicker. I had if to like go out into my car and now I'm dead. Yeah. Now eventually I'm going to go outside day and it'll get me. But that's what happens when the temperature goes from like 68 to 83, you know, on mm-hmm. December 27th. Cause, Did you just uh, say anal cavity? No. 83. I swear you said I'm going to no, go before outside you said to anal cavity. It, sounded like, it did Thank sound you. like it. <laughs> I mean, I was using context clues. I was like, wow, threw that one in there quick. But I, I know. Like, Thank you. I was like, you wow. say anal cavity. What did he say? Well, Rosie, I'm glad you're back. How, <laughs> how are you doing? Um, I'm doing I'm I'm doing well. I am state of Ohio. The majority of my friends before I arrived were in like some kind of quarantine or COVID protocol. I was like, great, just family. So I'm wearing masks inside my parents' house because Sometimes we take those precautions to keep the ones we love as safe as possible. And it wasn't bad. Like, 
the weather has varied. There's no mountain cedar here. It's just been rainy and cold. So lucky. That's what Ohio is like. I'll take it. Only, only for like four months out of the year. And then you but have four more months of just snow and ice. 85 on Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sucks. There was no snow, but I'm still really bummed. Well, I was bummed about not doing, like, having a white Christmas. But, like, I went for, like, a three-mile jog. And it was, like, 50 degrees at one point. That's like, disgusting. Who are you? <laughs> I'm a guy who um, has no more excuses left for the amount of quarantine weight I have packed on. There's and nothing else to do at all. Yeah. To fit decently. <laughs> That's true. That's, oh gosh, I hate you. <laughs> you know what's funny is like I've been talking like Lucille Lane and I send a couple texts every few days, and the majority of our texts, I think ninety percent, have all been just like "fuck Ohio." But that's because she's up there right now. And so she's like, I saw this. I'm going to send it to Count. I'm like, you should. You should send that to Count. You'd love it. But we love you even if you're in, you know, a lesser place. It happens. Bunny, what's going on with you? I'm good. We are uh, just taking it easy. We had um, small, like, just immediate family. Now we're just taking it easy at home. And I have been in pajamas for about 36 hours, and I'm not mad about it. Yes, queen. Well, nice. friends, we have a special guest on our on our blog. We have a special guest on the podcast today, and it's an old friend of mine. It's a friend of the podcast, and I've known this guy for a long time. And so, um, Chris, why don't you introduce, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Chris, and um, I was born with autism, and I had no idea, so I've struggled um, socially and, um, pretty much anytime I <laughs> leave the house and I never knew why, um, until I was in my thirties, um, someone told me about what it used to be called Asperger's at the time. And so I looked it up and, um, yeah, it just opened up this whole, uh, world of answers for me, if you will. Uh, and I got, I got, um, diagnosed officially when I was 39 years old, uh, when I finally had the money saved up. Uh, yeah, now I'm here just, um, to kind of, uh, talk about the condition, uh, maybe what kids go through with it. I guess the main thing is to help folks to educate people and maybe they might know someone who has the same sort of behavioral issues that I might've had as a child and they can kind of uh, maybe identify the signs that someone might be on the autism spectrum uh, when they're a child. Do you, well, this is like, I've known you for a long time. I think I met you when I was 18 or 19. You're the same age as I am. We were in college together. Yes. And while I've known you for a while, I, I think I would have described you as a quirky individual, but it was an interesting gang of college people. So everyone was kind of different and off. Yes. And, interesting in their own ways. And so I never really thought anything of it. Was it a relief to find out when you were diagnosed or was it something you were kind of scared of or worried about? I would say when I, when I, uh, first heard about autism or heard about, you know, the, the whole spectrum of it, um, I guess the key word being Asperger's when I was 33 and I started doing some research, it just, it answered all the questions. It explained everything. Um, just my thought patterns, the weird behavioral, uh, signs that I might've had as a kid. And, you know, even being, um, in the, the theater department in college around a lot of quirky people, even still, 
I still felt very unusual, even for being in a group of people that was unusual to begin with. I felt even more unusual than the rest of them. So um, to answer your question, I would say it was definitely a relief to find out, to get to get an answer for why why am I this way or why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so different? Do you think your life would have a positive difference had you been diagnosed when you were, say, in elementary school or pre-K or kindergarten? Or do you think that would have been a detriment, being how different the, I don't know, special needs classes, what they called it back then, would have been? Uh, That's a great question. Even now, I know of someone, a kid, who he's on the autism spectrum, and he's fully capable of being in a regular I, I don't know if regular is the right word, but in, in a, in a class, a conventional class with, with other kids, but he's in a special needs class now, uh, which is just wrong. Um, back then, I think there's a pretty good possibility, especially I was, I went to elementary school in Hawaii. So, and their educational system is, I think the absolute worst in, is probably the worst in the country. Uh, they're very far behind over there. So I probably would have been put in a special class um, instead of just being put in with the, uh, what's the word that we use for not special class? Conventional? Is that a good word? <laughs> yeah, it's a, a mainstream a mainstream classroom. And then the other phrase I think would be like neurotypical. When they're yes. talking. I know um, I have severe ADHD. And so whenever I'm talking to a parent of a child who's on the spectrum or has some sort of neurodivergency, I always talk about, I don't say regular, I don't say normal, I always say neurotypical or mainstream class. Mainstream, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I was in the mainstream class and you know my grades were fine, um, A's, B's. I would say if I had been diagnosed back then, I, I, I just don't know if things would have been better or worse. I'm thinking worse. I probably would have been put, um, yeah, in a, in, in a class for the for people on the spectrum, it probably, it, I probably would, um, I probably benefited more. It's possible I benefited more not being diagnosed as a child. Now I feel that with a lot of people who did not have, um, severe symptoms that if they were labeled as being special need or special ed, that stuck with them to the point where at that time, especially in the 1980s and nineties, you were living in a portable building and you really, you weren't given many opportunities or that would, that was kind of my thought process. And I know a lot of parents at that time were very, very hesitant to have their child labeled having any kind of special need because they did not want their child to be isolated or be in that room or that building. And things have changed for the better. I believe that all, a lot of the special services are much, much better across the board and the level of care is dependent on the level that the child actually needs. I do agree with that, but there are also still a lot of parents that will straight up, like we've had, I've had experiences where a student has been, we've wanted to test the student for special services, like to determine officially whether they qualify. And the parents have said, no, you're not testing my kid because they don't want their kid labeled. even though the kid might benefit from, you know, if it's something like dyslexia, where the services that we can offer would greatly benefit your kid, they don't want right. to be labeled. So it's still, Which, I mean, still is, 
completely understandable. And I'm sure Count has more experience with this as a counselor. But I know that when I speak to parents, when I have an issue or like I've talked to a teacher who they've been like, hey, I think this kid has X, Y, Z and could do with this. Will you talk to the parent? I've had so many parents say, my child doesn't need a label. I don't need to label my child. And it takes so much to try to explain to them that it's not about a label. It's not about putting the SPED classification on your kid. It's about getting them the help they absolutely need. And so, yes, it's gotten better, but that stigma is still 100% there. It's a touchy situation because parents don't want to be offended. And a lot of times parents might not even have the best interest of the child. They don't want to know about how that will look to them to be someone who had like, it's their fault or they're guilty somehow. Right. right. There's something they didn't do as a parent. Like they see it as some sort of slight, like, Oh, if I had just done this differently, maybe my child wouldn't be on the spectrum or my child wouldn't have this. And we've talked before about how sometimes there's churches that will not allow parents to go or they won't have special needs kids of certain severities to be there. Yes. And so parents refuse because they don't want to be tied or associated with that. And that's horrifying uh, Chris, growing up, did you have any issues with that, with parents you think might have been denial or knowing other people, or what are your thoughts on this? My instincts say, so I was actually homeschooled for the first four years of elementary school, kindergarten through third grade. And so I think that my folks thought that the issues I was having, the social issues I was having in school had to do with the fact that I, you know, wasn't in a, wasn't, wasn't in a public school for those first four years. And I just had a hard time adjusting. Also the fact that I was a kid from Oklahoma who was now transplanted in a very different environment in Hawaii. And so I just had social issues that way. I think they just, they were just unaware that there was actually a neurological disorder at play here is what I really think happened. Um, it was just a lack of, a lack of education really. So they, I don't think there was any sort of denial or hesitancy on their part. I think it was just, um, it was just ignorance. Chris, you are a a high functioning person who has autism. You have a job, you live independently. You've lived independently and held jobs your whole adult life. You make your own money. You don't live off the system in any kind of way. You are a fully high functioning adult. In fact, I know many people who are not on the spectrum who do not have their shit together as much as you do. (laughs) True. Chris, are both of your parents or one or both of your parents still alive? Yes. Okay. So my question was, how did they feel when you came to them with your diagnosis? Like, Hey, I finally figured this out. This is what I got. I would say they, probably weren't surprised. Uh, they weren't in denial. Um, mother has been, I would say she's done a lot of research since I told her about it because I do have a nephew who's on the spectrum. So, um, well, probably he hasn't been diagnosed, but he's probably, he's more than likely on the spectrum. Um, so she started doing a lot more research, uh, to try and help. I would say my father is probably just a little more ignorant about the whole situation. So I would say the reaction was, it's hard to say. It was almost like there was, there was a a lack of reaction. It was kind of like, right. Like they knew it was coming, but also like, okay, I would say, yeah, they probably, they might've known it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of parents, once their children are diagnosed, especially as adults, they have a sense of relief in the sense that they didn't do anything, you know, quote unquote wrong, wrong or yeah. they, they figure out kind of, 
okay, well, that's why this happened when he was this age and that kind of thing. So I was just wondering if that's kind of how your parents felt. I think that's a very good assessment. Yes. I would say that's, that, that would be more like it. Yeah. They, I think it was kind of like how I felt. It was like, Oh, now we have answers. Now we know it wasn't anything that anyone did. It's just, it's just, that's how he is. Yeah. So you have a blog, Chris has autism at Chris has Correct. It's a great yes. blog too, by the way. I was about to say, <laughs> I have you. read through your about me and several of your posts. And it's very good. And so I enjoy reading and it's very interesting insight. What would be some of the things that you would tell teachers like, Hey, be careful if a student reacts this way, or all of a sudden just shuts down around your, I don't know. What would be your advice to teachers who were trying to teach you back then? I would say um, that is a good question. I'm wondering when um, it seems to me like the proper way to respond when a child um, is on the autism spectrum would be to try to, it's a lot of trial and error probably, just try to find a way, the correct way to, you know, to communicate with them. You know, you're doing this wrong or, you know, you need to settle down, anything like that. Um, it's a lot of times they just need to be told differently from other, uh, children, uh, how to behave or, you know, how to do things. So in my opinion, it's, it's probably just a lot of trial and error, um, with, with them. Because if you, uh, what I've heard before is if you've seen one child on the autism spectrum, you've seen one child on the autism spectrum. Um, they're, we're, we're all very different even from each other, you know, that was beautifully put. Yeah. Yeah. If you've seen one, you've seen one. one. That's really all I can say. So in my opinion, it's probably a lot of trial and error and it's a lot of just looking for the, for the signs and symptoms. I think what makes you such a, an interesting person is that you went through the, the typical classroom experience with a non-neurotypical mind. And so you have kind of a unique view of from the outside of how fucked up some things are for someone who might not understand or how, especially at that time period in the eighties and nineties, how things weren't really explained or really handled well for children who were, you know, it was pretty much, this is a one size. If you don't fit it, you can go to the special building, but if you don't want to be that special building, you just gotta suck it up over here with everybody else. Are there any particular things that your teachers did either routine wise or classroom procedure wise that looking back in hindsight, I realize that, that none of us are terribly, you know, self-aware in elementary school and middle school. <laughs> sure. In, in hindsight, looking back, are there things that you were like, yeah, I, I liked that they did that. That was kind of helpful or man, that drove me crazy. They hated that they did this thing, this particular way. Like, are there things that made it easier for you to live your best life or things that made it more challenging? Oh, that's a great question. I would say my fourth grade teacher, this was the fourth grade was the first time I was ever in public school. My fourth grade teacher on the second or third day of school, um, realized that, and this was just because I had never been in public school before that she needed to put me at the front of the class. I was actually sitting way in the back and she put me up at the front and just anytime, you know, she was finished with the instructions on a project we were about to do, she would come to me, make sure that I understood, uh, what the, what the, uh, project was and you know, that I could, that I could move forward. So I would say just that one step right there, put the kid at the front of the class and then after you talk to everyone, come over here, come over, make sure he or she 
understood what he was instructed, um, I think that's a huge, that makes a huge difference. So I, I would say that was a big one. Ms. Dulon, if you're listening, <laughs> I doubt it, but if you are, uh, thank you very much for that. It really wasn't like I struggled more than anyone else. I just had very different struggles from everyone else. But I would say it was the fact that um, there were some uh, there were some subjects where I really excelled. So I would say a big part of it was just when I would do incredibly well in a particular class. Um, I think that was that was very encouraging for me. Just the fact that I was, um, if nothing else, I was at least making the grades uh, so I could move on with my life. So I would say that was the highlight for me and. Um, you know, being different, I immediately, or I shouldn't say immediately, but very quickly developed a sense of humor. And so if I can make kids laugh, that really helped. Um, especially a lot of it is, you know, they're going to, they're, they could laugh at you. So in fourth grade, it was a lot of them laughing at me. So in the fifth grade, I learned, uh, to be funny first, um, even to just go ahead and put my, my, the way I was different you know, have like a good self-deprecating humor that way before they can make fun of me, I have them, I, I'm making fun of myself so they can laugh with me. So developing a sense of humor was, was a big part in helping me get through it. But yeah, I learned, um, I was really good with in English. Um, my grammar and syntax was excellent, uh, for writing good, um, <laughs> making fewer errors, uh, no, not making the errors that everyone else was making. And, um, I've found a knack for, for creative writing very early since then. I've, um, I've always made A's in English classes. Um, and I've written screenplays. I've written four or five screenplays by now. Um, and then I've learned that I really enjoy writing short stories, especially short stories about, about my life, uh, true stories. And then I decided one day, maybe I should, um, turn this into something, turn it into a blog. And again, it's, Chris has autism.com. Uh, take a look at it. I would definitely suggest reading the about section first and, uh, to really get a, to get a good overview of what I'll be talking about, but it's very candid. Um, I leave out no details about the things I went through as a kid. And some of these things are very, there's some disturbing stories for sure. Uh, the eighth grade chapter can get very, the disturbing. eighth grade chapter was my favorite. Okay. Um, but also, yes, I was, I was not expecting, I mean, I guess I was expecting because in your about me, you do tell the reader like, Hey, this is very candid. Some of this is going to be disturbing maybe to somebody who's reading. And so I had that in my mind, but I still did not expect what I found. So yeah. <laughs> definitely read that. Right, yeah, right. Chris, Chris, when I say it was hard to read, that wasn't like a knock on the writing at all. It's very well written. It was just like a as a, as an adult, as a teacher, like looking at the events that you described that year, I would just, it, it was, it was ouch. Like, it yes, yes. It was painful to read in the sense that like, Ugh. oh my God, I felt for you. This, <laughs> this kid, where, yes. where are the grownups? Where are the grownups? That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, where's an adult? And recently I've gone, I've gone to a few I guess support group things for um, adults with who have children with with uh, autism, and I would go there and I would just let them know during the sharing time, hey, I'm you know an adult with with um, autism, so please any questions come to me. And I found it was a very rewarding experience. So that was another th another big step in the direction of me writing the blog. Really, is just to I don't want to say raise awareness because that's a cliche, 
but it kind of is. And it's just, um, for people to see when they read about what the experiences I had to kind of learn to see the signs, you know, if a child is unique and, uh, could be on the spectrum to just see, to recognize those signs and then take the steps that are needed from that point on. Well, and I think you going to um, support groups for parents of children with autism is brilliant. Um, when I first met you, Chris, I knew right away that you were on the spectrum. Okay. Um, just because you have certain quirks about mm-hmm. you that I see in children with autism. And so I love that you kind of show these parents like, hey, I'm a fully functioning adult. Like, I'm awesome. I'm living my life. Like, you don't have to worry about your kids. And I think that's probably really, really important for them. No, for you able to say, I am an adult. I've had a, I have adult relationships. I have friends. You have a sex life. You date. I mean, you are an independent adult who pays their bills. And like I said, you have your shit together more than most neurotypical adults that I know. So. Hey guys, guess what? What? What's up? We have a Patreon! No way! Oh, really? It's such a shock. That's right. You can support us here at Teacher Needs Drink Podcast on Patreon for as little as $5 to $10 a month. And doing that, you get access to all kinds of bonus episodes, lots of extra content. We have a special Facebook group that's just for our people. And you even have the ability to jump in and listen to some live recordings. And so it is pretty awesome. You should do it because it supports us and it shows us how much you love us. And we spend part of that money to donate towards Alzheimer's research. And we get to have it towards fun parties like this week. We're going to have a party, and at some point, we're probably going to live stream from the party because we're stupid. And we oh, do that. sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> and if you've ever listened to those, we have those on our Patreon as well. And ooh, it's interesting. And at some point, we're going to have a watch party. Someone recommended an amazing, amazing, amazing movie the other day, and I forgot what it was. Oh, Real Genius. Real Genius with Val Kilmer. That was ooh. okay. Interesting. That, it's a landmark film. <laughs> That's all I'll say about <laughs> A landmark film. A landmark film. I have... You know what? Oh, yeah. So, uh, Patreon, do it now! Woohoo! Yeah! Would you rather... Oh, snap. Have your phone number published as a phone sex hotline ad, or attend a local yoga class and and then halfway through, get naked. I'm sorry, what? Oh, man. Would you rather have your phone number posted as a phone sex ad? Or would you rather attend a yoga class and get naked halfway through? Why am I getting right, I naked? I found my, I found my this bunny. This your own personal motivation, Rosie. I don't know you. I would love to weigh in on this uh, after everyone else is gone. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure Bunny I'm has scared, some loophole. Chris, I, I, I have my I have my Bunny loophole already. Um, <laughs> I'm ready for this. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with the phone line because I don't answer my phone for any number I don't know nowadays. I've got a very professional, outgoing message. So if they do need to get a hold of me, they can just leave a message and I'll respond. But pretty much if I don't know who you are, I'm not answering the phone because I've gotten so many billions of bullshit phone calls about you know. My auto warranty. Your car's extended warranty for your student loan payments. You know your student loan payments or your Visa MasterCard is compromised. Yeah, which one? Make it up. I've got both. All of them. It's all of them. So you know what? They can just put like my phone sex or my name out there on a phone sex ad and uh, 
I mean, it could be one of those things where I'm bored and I answer the phone, but it's all going to be creepy, man. It's all going to be creepy. Man. Okay, so I have a question. What's I need up? a little bit more context. So if my <laughs> phone number is being put out for a phone sex line, is mm-hmm. somebody profiting off of my phone sex? Or am That's I what I was saying. I was like, I was going to say, I'm, I'm monetizing it for sure. Yeah, like Ooh. if someone's going to have my phone number like, bitch, here's my Venmo, um, I will do this absolutely, but I'm getting paid. You're already doing it, aren't you? Yeah, you know me. Yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> now, I, I, would, I can't see why you wouldn't be able to make money. I don't know if it's like one of those $2.99 a minute like they used to have back in the yeah. day, one nine hundred. Then you're getting ripped off. But I mean, if it's just well, that's you, why like, I'm well, saying, like, if you want to see what calls, my toes look like, yeah. then maybe 50 bucks. <laughs> and it works. Like, I'm going with the phone <laughs> sex line. Done. I'm not getting naked at yoga. That's just too much. And it's halfway through yoga, which makes it a little more interesting. What if it's hot yoga? Because you're sweaty. He was about to say, hot yoga, yes, but regular yoga, you're sweaty as hell. I don't need to get naked trying to peel off my pants. Yeah, those women don't know what they're in for if I go in and start doing that. It's bad. Exactly. So phone sex it is. (laughs) So, Bunny? Uh, I am also going with the phone sex line for the same reason as you, Elvis. I just don't answer my phone unless I know the number. Yeah. And little Bunny Fufu needs college scholarship. Yes, she she does. You can do it, Bunny. Do it for the foo. Yeah, do it for the foo. <laughs> okay, Chris, uh, what's your choice here? Um, I think this will be a teacher needs a drink first. Yeah, play play some music. I'm, I'm going to pause so you can add the music in during the edit. <laughs> I would do either one. I am down for either one. So proud. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast. I am Elvis, your host, and I'd like to thank our guest today, Chris. Chris, I'm glad you were here. And if you want to hear more, I really can't recommend lit- or reading his blog. It's a great insight into his mind and his workings and his history. It's fascinating to hear about his school, and some of it's kind of painful to read, but it, it's it's worth reading. So it's chrishasautism.com. Chris, is there anything la- left you want to say? Any social media stuff you got to plug? Uh, great question. Um, yeah, it's chrishasautism.com. You know, it can be difficult to read. Uh, just keep in mind, it does have a happy ending, um, so that, that should help you get through it. Um, but yeah, that's the name of it, and it was a pleasure to be here. I've always wanted to be a guest on a podcast, so... Uh, this was my debut, and it was uh, it was everything I hoped it would be. So thank you very much, Elvis. I appreciate it. I'm glad you were here. And my host, Rosie, I'm so glad you made it here today. Me too, and I am ready for Chris's happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Man, Cal- I kept, you're going to get it. I kept thinking about this happy I'm ending. Sorry, I'm sorry, he said about it, it there was a happy ending. I know. I like, Is there? I was sitting uh, here like, uh, how do I tie in happy ending with yoga? See, and I was like, yeah, never you got mind. Me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's say, light at the end of the tunnel. There's a light at the end of the Cal- tunnel. Count gets me deep, deep into my heart. He gets it. I do. Man, it's kind of scary, but it's also amazing. (laughs) When dirty minds meet each other in the wild. Mm -hmm. So, Count, thanks for being here today. (laughs) Uh, Thanks thanks for allowing me. And sorry that I'm in a house full of people. And I think we have sucked all the bandwidth out of the wireless or out of the internet in uh, good old Ohio. So. Thank they don't have much me. out there anyway. It's cool. And Bunny, I'm glad you were here as well. 
It was a pleasure as always. All right, my friends, take care of yourselves during this time. Holidays can be hard. Reach out to any friends. If you know anyone who's been quiet, send them a meme, send them a picture. Just say hello and let people know you love them. All right, my friends, deep breaths, deep drinks. Cheers. Woo-hoo, yay. Cheers. Woo-hoo. Do 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 do. I forgot the theme. It happens. All right, my friends, thanks for joining us for another episode of Teacher Needs a Drink podcast. If you're interested in hearing more about Chris and his journey, I really suggest his blog, chrishasautism.com. And also, I'd like to thank my hosts who are with me today, Ms. Rosie Rose, Ms. Bunny O'Hare, and Count Chocolate. I would also like to thank our sponsors over at Ludlam Dramatics. If you need any kind of educational poster, go to them. And if you need a treat or a snack, go to Legendary Pretzels. They are amazing, and they have some great things out there. Use the code TEACHER to get a discount at checkout. If you have something you'd like to share with us here at Teacher Needs a Drink Podcast, you can hit us up through the contact page of our website at teacherneedsadrinkpodcast.com or, you know, through Facebook or one of those things. Hey, follow us on Instagram. I like Instagram. I'm on there more and I'd love to interact with people. I'm on the Facebook and I'm in our Facebook group, but I just prefer Instagram. It doesn't kill my mood as much as Facebook seems to. All right, friends, it's the holidays. Please take care of yourselves. Support us on Patreon. Love thy neighbor blah 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 all right next time you hear from us it'll be a merry new year cheers friends excuse me i just burped (laughs) sorry (laughs) she's a lady (laughs) Woo!